0: Before we get started with this week's episode, I'm sure that you've seen all that's been going on in Southeast Texas. We're based out of Central Texas and we got a whole bunch of rain, but but everything's fine here. Obviously, the people in Southeast Texas, especially Houston need a bunch of help. A few weeks ago, we talked with Adam Dunlap from Houston's First Baptist Church, and I checked in with him today and he said he and his family are doing fine in the church. Uh, is fine, but obviously there's a lot of their people who need a lot of help. He wanted me to mention to you that there is a relief fund being run out of Houston's First Baptist, and you can get to that by going to Houston'sFirst.org slash Harvey Relief, and we will have a link to that on our website as well. Uh, please pray for these people. There's been so many people affected by this flood, and and, and on the other side of that, so many people that have offered themselves and have done so much good, and we've seen, we've seen God work through so many people in helping out. So please, please help where you can. Every one of us can help in some way. Thanks. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us for the fitness and faith podcast. Today, we will examine faith and confidence, two of the most powerful sources influencing success in just about anything we attempt to accomplish. We'll hear about a long term building project. And we'll visit with Craig Verbois, a former Marine who is now involved in personal training, community event marketing, supplement coaching, and ministry. He's a busy guy. Let's talk a little faith and confidence today. In Hebrews chapter eleven, we read: "Now faith is confidence." in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. How's your faith today? In what or whom do you have faith? In what or whom are you confident? During my time on earth, I've coached more than a 100 teams, and one of the things that I've observed is that confidence, or lack of confidence, is one of the main determining factors in victory or defeat. There were two very large high schools at which I coached, that had very similar athletes from very similar backgrounds. But there was one huge difference. The program at one school had a longtime head coach who had consistently taught discipline and work ethic that produced winning, while the other school had gone through several coaches, had a lack of discipline and work ethic, and experienced a great deal of losing. The winning school's faith and confidence was based on the process of preparation and the results they had seen they were going to keep winning just as the losing school's lack of confidence was based upon the opposite and they were going to keep having a tough time when i took over as head coach at a small boarding school one of the first things i noticed was that the kids got down so quickly whenever anything bad happened on the field we're going to have bad things happen how we respond to those things are what's important as coaches we started spending a great deal of time influencing the mindset of the players, coaching them to trust what we were teaching them and expecting to win. A few years later, I coached at a small Texas town with a group of players that always expected to win. From the time they were in elementary school, they looked up to the winning programs in the junior high and high school. And as each group came through the program, They absolutely expected to do the same thing. Win. Here's another interesting point concerning faith and confidence. Other people notice faith and confidence. Many times teams we would play were beaten before the games ever began. Our players had confidence. The other players did not. And believe me, it showed. Let me ask you something. Do you expect to win? Do you expect to win today? How about this week? How about this month? Do you expect to win the year? Your life. Do you expect to win? I've been talking about teams. Let's break it down to the individual. How do we develop faith and confidence? If a player who has never played a sport or a certain position is told he or she will have to go out and the first day play in a game and do all the things necessary for his success they are obviously not going to feel confident. But if that same player is able to be coached, starting with baby steps, proper stance, body positioning, what to focus on, and how to react, over time with repetition, the player will gain the necessary confidence for success. I want to remind you of a man of great faith who is very talented in a well-known sport, called rock slinging that's right i said rock slinging any guesses of whom i speak one of the bible's most famous stories is that of david and goliath the truth is most of the time vital information is left out when the story is being told we hear about faith and overcoming the giant but how did david get to the point of faith and extreme confidence A few weeks ago, I read something from one of the most famous preachers of our day. He said that David went out and faced Goliath with nothing but his faith in God. And I thought, that is so wrong and misleading. That preacher needs to go examine the story a little closer. Listen to these words from the book of Samuel. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This Philistine will be like one of them. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Did you hear the confidence in his words? David had faith in God and confidence from years of spending time with God and from working with the tools of his trade, a staff, a sling, and some rocks. Imagine how much time David was able to practice slinging rocks while visiting with God. When David walked out to face Goliath, he did not have confidence in battle armor, swords, spears, the things that others would have expected him to take into battle. But I promise you, David had faith in God and confidence in knowing he was the best rock slinger of all time. Now check this out. Though David had faith and confidence in the outcome, he didn't know exactly how it was all going to play out. Most of the time, we are not going to know exactly how it's going to play out. That doesn't mean we can't have faith in the ultimate outcome. You may be asking, how do you know he didn't know exactly what would happen? Well, let me ask you this. How many rocks did David pick up? Say the answer right now, out loud. Come on. How many rocks did David pick up? Let's read some more. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Five stones is the answer. He ended up needing only one. David was confident in the outcome, even while being unsure of the details. We should learn from him. Do you have the faith and confidence of those winning teams I mentioned earlier? Well, they spent quite a bit of time with a coach who consistently taught the disciplines and work ethic that produced winning. That is what I'm here to do for you, if you'll let me. Do you want to have the faith and confidence of David as he went out to face a giant, experienced warrior? If we really want that kind of faith and confidence, we must do what David did. He spent quite a bit of time with God while honing his skills. God created you in order to love you. He also created you to love Him and love His creation, His people. Fitness and Faith Ministries is committed to helping you find your fit in faithfully and confidently loving God and His people. By living life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. And it's time for a fitness and faith funny. A man walked in a hardware store. He was looking a bit confused. The clerk said, can I help you find something? And the man said, I need, I need to find, I need to find some two by fours. And the clerk said, well, you know, we have two by fours. I can, I can help you get them. How long do you need them? And the man thought about that for a second. And he said, well, I'll need them. I'll need them a pretty long time. I'm building a shed. We would love for you to help us out with fitness and faith funnies. So just send your funny to us through our contact page at fitnessandfaithministries.org. And we'll give you credit for it when we use yours. Or maybe we'll even call you up and have you say it yourself. Thank you for joining us today. We're with uh, Craig Verbois, former Marine who became a supplement business manager and personal trainer, but has now changed directions a little to follow God's calling. He recently started Righteous Developments with a goal of strengthening relationships in his community through spirit, sport, and supplement coaching. Craig, thanks so much for being with us today. Coach,
1: thank you for having me. Uh, It's Uh, An honor to to be back on each other's lives uh, After such a long period of time So thank you
0: It has been a long time I I didn't add up the years But um, when did you graduate (laughs) from high school? Uh, I was
1: class of 04 And uh, you were my coach uh, In the 2003 season When I was a junior at SMA
0: Sounds good Um, Well, with what you're doing now How would you describe what you're doing And how it involves helping people Physically and spiritually
1: So God already blessed me with uh, a wonderful platform to be able to reach a large amount of people. Uh, there was just something that stimulated my own Christian faith uh, while I was working in retail. Um, the The idea behind Righteous Developments was fueled by the ministry that was carried out by uh, my wife's father, who passed away two years ago, and... It was an extension of what he was trying to do, which was grow the church, uh, to grow those that would go home. Uh, and so what we decided to do was come out with a three-pillar company uh, that starts with the ministry. It's a Christian motivational ministry uh, that is web-based, so has a strong social media presence, uh, that we uh, tie into um, a branch called the Righteous Chamber, which is the second part, and that is... And an organization where you'll have a membership similar to your local chamber of commerce, however, a little bit better, uh, you'll get uh, marketing, networking, uh, event coordinating, and planning, and it'll be a way to um, really instill some Christian values in some community events uh, that might otherwise not have been brought together. Uh, the third part stems off of that, which is Righteous Athletics, and that is supplement coaching, Uh, training, Uh, we compete in a natural bodybuilding organization so we deal with young athletes that are trying to accelerate themselves beyond just food and we teach them how to do that in a natural way with that third
0: branch You know, I'm involved with the supplement business too and uh, so many people uh, for some reason think that they're getting everything they need from their their intake of food and you know, that would be maybe 1% of the people in the United States that might do that Um, the rest of us uh, definitely need to be taking the right kind of supplements.
1: No, absolutely, and for me, when I wanted to launch this company with my wife, Shana, uh, I needed to utilize the best uh, strengths and uh, the best characteristic traits that uh, had been instilled from God in me, and it would allow for me to be the best business owner and the best person wherever he placed me, and that has a lot to do with athletics and training and supplementation uh, which like you said for myself uh, to go beyond uh, our plateaus to go beyond what our physical limitations can be there's some wonderful natural ways out there to do that and that's where the supplement coaching comes in place and then the ministry uh, was something that I just had in me from a young age that uh, was re-inspired through the passing of my preacher and and father-in-law
0: and why do you think both physical and spiritual development are important for us
1: uh, I get to, I get asked that a lot um, because that's one of my things with righteous developments. One of my visions uh, for athletes to see is that you have to be both spiritually and, and physically strong, and to reach our maximum potential in this one lifetime, they both have to be stimulated. And so, for myself personally, what I try to mentor people and, and coach athletes towards is an understanding that uh, you're you're going to have to have enough strength and enough willpower to not only make it through a workout, but to also face the trials and tribulations that we have in the civilian world on, 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 uh, on a, human, a humane level, where those same uh, disciplines from the athletic training and the physical output and the exertion can be applied to uh, a lot of life. And so it gives a very basic understanding as to the importance of things like the Bible, which are black and white. If you can have the discipline to stay out of the gray area and stay within that guidance, Uh, life and then humanity around you is going to be significantly better. Well,
0: I know you've had an interesting journey uh, to this place in your life. Can you describe for our listeners a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It uh, it has been very interesting, and, and testimony is an extremely powerful thing, and most of our training sessions actually end with some form of expression or testimony, but um, <clears throat> at a young age, uh, I, I lost my mother, and um, my father went to prison, so I was blessed with uh, the uh, the adoption process that I went through, and, and my grandmother actually adopted me, um, and uh, I was able to have a, a, a wonderful youth, but uh, one of the things that I struggled with my entire youth was uh, from seeing my mother's passing uh was understanding that uh, there is a right and wrong there is black and white and the guidance for myself in my home was the Bible um, but that sometimes God brings blessings into the gray area of the world and so I was an outcast uh, and I was bullied a lot uh, and it was something that at the time uh, I would ask God why me but now I see you know he was forging steel it's it's about developing character early and uh, that's what I try again today to teach these young kids is that uh, God's looking for people young. You know, we need warriors that are young that are going to be able to go through the fights and get the discipline early. Um, And it was rough for me growing up with that, but then the test that I had uh, that that really transformed my life as a young adult after my uh, my father had passed and and graduating from SMA was becoming a Marine, you know, choosing to uh, go into the Marine Corps. Uh, Once I Completing my service in the Marine Corps, uh, I uh, had gotten to a point in my life after going through uh, some different battles emotionally and, and, and battling some depression uh, and tens of thousands of dollars at one point uh, in debt through a divorce. I, I realized that uh, there was a greater calling for my life. And in those moments, in my, my darkest moments in my life, where all of the accomplishments the, the high school football, uh, the Marine Corps, uh, the family, all of these accomplishments, uh didn't seem to be significant uh in, in, in this world in this physical presence. Um but even in those darkest times, uh the smallest amount of faith, uh you know, small as a mustard seed was enough for, for God to still show grace. Um and it turn my life around. I met Shana, my wife, uh today. We had two beautiful children together, four total, uh and through my entire uh, development process as a business manager after the Marine Corps, uh, she was able to experience some of the, the most difficult and trying times emotionally, uh, and really, between her and her father, uh, helped to refine what God had been forging in my spirit my entire life, which uh, was first identified by you know my grandmother that adopted me. Uh, she was that guiding light my whole life. Mary Ellen, and so it's it's been a blessing since then. It really has, and I see life in a different perspective uh, when I realize the network that God's placed around me, for sure.
0: Well, now, we've mentioned uh, a connection uh, a couple of times. I don't think we've connected the dots for people that are listening, but um, Craig went to a school that I was the athletic director and head football coach at, San Marcos Baptist Academy. Um, were, Were you there for a couple of years?
1: yes sir I was there for two junior and senior
0: year Okay, and um, you know we've talked about this a little bit but I can't imagine talking about football or thinking about football without thinking about my most interesting play that I was ever a part of as a coach or a player and that play involved you how about you you remember that one
1: I do absolutely Uh, and that's that was uh, one of the first thoughts that came back into my mind after you had reached out uh, initially, uh, because that situation in which you and I were the only two in the stadium that actually knew what was about to be the outcome—not only at that play, but the entire game. Yep. Which I believe, which I believe, would have been our, our I think, our only win of the season, uh, possibly. I, I don't. I need to put that stat out there, but it was a rough year. It was a rough um, year, but
0: I think we got more than yeah. one.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, I think uh, we might add a couple, Um, but that same story in which uh, you know we ran out the clock on uh, on a punt scramble. I don't know how you would describe it because it was a planned botch, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's it's a story that that actually replayed itself in a similar fashion in my adult wife, that actually directly stimulated my decision to walk away from the salary and the benefits and start this path of righteous development. Um, I actually, and I say that to explain that uh, when I resigned to take the position that I have now with our company, uh, I did so without my wife even knowing. Um, So it was a situation in which only myself and God at that point knew what play was about to happen. And it did. It is not a coincidence uh, that you and I are discussing that play half a lifetime later.
0: (laughs) Just for for a little more insight for people on that play, uh, we were up by three or four points. It was right near the end of the game. I think there were nine seconds left. Uh, We were going to have to punt from about our own 40 or 45, something like that. And uh, The other team had a very, very good back. and. He was either going to catch the ball on the punt, or they were going to get to run a play. It was fourth down, and yeah. there we were at their place. Their crowds were their crowd was going nuts. Uh, it was so loud, and so we were going to punt. And I I pulled Craig over to me and I said, "All right, here's what I want you to do." And I I think you might have thought I was crazy at the time too.
1: Um, I I did, absolutely. At at that point, uh, I had still only been at military school for two months, and I still had a bit of an ego, uh, unfortunately. And I thought for sure that we could punt away or at least hold them, uh, but you knew uh, when to take the victory.
0: (laughs) Uh, So so I told Craig, and again, nobody else in the stadium knew this, no coaches, no players, no fans. I said, look, when he snaps you the ball, because Craig was the punter, I said, I want you to turn... And run to our end zone. Get there as fast as you can, and then when you get there, run around for as long as you can and protect the ball. So this stadium that yeah. was so loud, he catches the ball. You know they think he's going to punt it, and he turns and starts running the other way. And I I feel like it got deathly silent, and it was like it was slow motion. And I don't mean just your speed. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then I think you hit a mud spot about the four yard line and almost fell, um, but it was so yeah. funny seeing everybody's reaction, and then half the people in the stands had no idea what just went on. Uh, but you were able to get to the end zone, run around for a few seconds, and time ran out, and we won the game. That was a that was an awesome and great memory. It
1: it really was, and it's something that. Um, it, it's something that taught me at an early age, you know, when and where to pick your battles and, again, uh, you know, where to see your victories. And, uh, I, again, I, I use it in, in, in my mentorship with younger athletes, especially still in high school, uh, to recognize uh, those small victories where they, where they fall and, and, and take those blessings. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful
0: memory for sure. On a more personal note, what is your favorite form of exertion and why?
1: Favorite form of exertion would actually have to be uh, any type of functional fitness at the playground uh, on the park with my kids. That is my favorite form of physical exertion, um, if that counts.
0: Well, that does count. A, a lot of people, um, you know, that's that's their main form because they just don't have time in their day. And if they're going to do stuff with their kids, they got to get out and and do it. Hopefully if they're doing that as their only form of exertion, they're putting a little more into it than than you probably do, you know, going up some uh, stairs and sliding down some slides or something.
1: Well, for sure, for sure. Now, my, uh, on, a, on, a, uh, on a more specific uh, level, my, my favorite form of, of training uh, outside of hanging out with my kids would actually be um, hypertrophy-style training. I take a lot of um, basic powerlifting movements that I learned back in high school, and I Apply those to a little broader spectrum uh, bank of functional movements to really just try and and coach basic athleticism. You know, getting stronger while still maintaining an athletic physique and also uh, an athletic feel. You got to be able to move. So,
0: and what is your uh, favorite way to work on your spiritual self?
1: Uh, I'm I'm old school. I guess you would describe it as I um I have a I write on a regular basis for a per, for personal reasons um, and, and personal development. And so one of my um, one of my favorite ways uh, to exercise my spirit is to just get back in the Word. Um, I spent 30 years of my life struggling with being able to apply God's Word to my life because I didn't see the significance. And it was when I actually got back in the Word and tried to apply a basic principle, which is. Just trying to see the face of God in every interaction, uh, then it allowed for me uh, to be a better person. And so, yeah, my, my best exercises uh, to, to strengthen my spirit are to go back to, uh, to what I know works, and that's to get in the Word um, and just use the Scripture to try and find a connection for anybody I come into contact with.
0: Now, when you're in the Word, you mentioned writing. So, do you journal as you're reading God's Word? Or do you do I that separately? Do it after-
1: I do it after. Okay. Um, so what I found for personal growth, if I'm going if I'm if I'm facing a giant, I'm David and I'm facing Goliath, uh, I need something that reassures me that there's there's something greater in, in store than just my will because I can train all day long until I'm throwing up in the gym, but when you're facing spiritual battles and, and spiritual drop sets and sets for failure, it's difficult. And so I go in scripture I find what I'm looking for, and and I do so through a reference book that I have that was given to me uh, by my my father-in-law who passed away. He he gave me a book that will send you basically down any type of path that you're looking for reassurance for, whether it's needing courage, uh, disciplining your children, anything. And so I'll go in there, I'll I'll find scripture that I I feel like is pertaining to that issue for the day or that week or month, uh, and I'll go to the scripture, uh, take from it, what I will after I complete it and then I'll write and that typically is about uh, the writing is usually about personal development but as of recently as of late uh, I've switched gears to try and put together some work that would help others so not just um, uh, not just writing for myself but trying to develop some things that could go published that could be published excuse me to help others one day so
0: awesome uh, I would like to encourage the listeners you know if you haven't, practiced uh, or tried journaling and writing um, you know when you're in God's Word or right after um, I would encourage you to try that because it's a it's a great habit and you can really look back on some things and see how God's working uh, we have a hard time with our memories sometimes but you can look back at your journal and go oh yeah I remember when God did that with me um, and speaking of God's word do you have a favorite Bible verse you'd like to share with us
1: absolutely absolutely we uh, we try to put some some scripture and some fellowship in every training session that we do um, there's two that stand out if I if, if I may um, they apply to the old version of myself that didn't have a full understanding of, of what it meant to be God's light and then kind of a, a wiser version so the first one uh, gave me strength as young athlete Philippians 4:13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Um that was something that I knew as a young man if I didn't have a mentor, which I, I did at the right times like yourself and, and like uh, Shana's father. Uh, that was a verse that reminded me that I already had what I needed uh, because of my Christian faith to pursue these physical limitations. You know, whether it be my speed, my height, whatever the case, I, I knew that I could fight through it. Uh, the second, uh, if I'll continue here, is Isaiah forty thirty one which uh, is something that has reminded me uh, down in the valleys that all I have to do is look up and cry out to God and he'll be there. And uh, I'll have uh, the listeners look that one up word for word. But Isaiah forty thirty one. 31, it's kind of um, uh, a more wiser approach to what Philippians 4.13 used to teach me as a young athlete.
0: Awesome. Philippians 4.13 was one of mine for a while and, I had to grow through that, though. For a while, I thought that was just going to give me superpower to do what I wanted to do, and later on, right. I found out it was it was about doing His will, and that He'll give us, you know, His strength in doing His will, not necessarily yep. just doing what we want to do. Um,
1: exactly.
0: How about a favorite quote? A favorite quote.
1: This uh, this one. I did a. I spent a lot of time on it. Uh, and, I, and I came to a realization actually about an hour and a half before uh, our meeting here. And uh, I would I would say my favorite quote actually came from at that time Gunnery Sergeant Monmouth, uh, who was uh, a very large six foot four, two hundred plus pounds uh, United States Marine. And uh, I was nineteen years old. <clears throat> I just turned nineteen, and it spent a week in Colorado hanging out with friends and, and thinking uh that life was great, uh not realizing, you know, how soon boot camp was coming up and uh when I got home I went to his office and it's sitting there and they have all the plaques behind him and all the awards that he had received that uh, you know, he'd been in the Marine Corps for twenty plus years. And I sit down and, and my mom if she leans over the table and he looks at me and he says, uh NC, I don't see a fresh haircut. Uh you're wearing gym clothes. Are you uh are you ready for this? And I, I leaned forward with a little bit of attitude, and I said, uh, well, I'm already signed up, aren't I? And Gunny Mom, as he sits back in his chair and <clears throat> puts his hands behind his head, he's like, looks right at me, and he says, you're not going to make it. And I leaned over onto his desk, and I said, you see that plaque behind you? And he looks behind his shoulders, and these plaques were all of the honor graduates from Marine Corps boot camp. And I said, not only am I going to graduate, but I'm going to graduate as an honor grad, and you're going to have a plaque to put on your wall before you leave recruiting duty. And he started laughing, and he leaned forward, and he signed off on the final package as a pulley, and we took that down to MEPS, and I was in boot camp two weeks later.
0: (laughs) That's a good good one. That's a good one.
1: Yes, sir. So, yeah, you're not going to make it. That's been something that stimulated my entire adult life. And uh, I can say now, looking at it from a, a different perspective as a father, uh, God has placed individuals in my life that not only mentored me through dark times, but he placed adversaries in my life that would remind me uh, that uh, I wasn't going to make it. And that all started from that big life change, which was going into the Marine Corps. And, uh, yeah, so that quote has stuck with my entire adult life, for sure.
0: It's interesting how sometimes some positive quotes or some, you know, I would refer to that as a negative quote, but those... Right. those but depending on how we perceive them you know they can push us you know and that that you know saying that you know somebody telling you you're not going to make it can sure be a driving force i I had that happen um when i was leaving high school to go to college and it was one of the driving forces with me too somebody telling me i wasn't going to make it um how about the million dollar question if you could only put one thing on a T-shirt or billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every day, what would that statement be?
1: Come as you are. It would be uh, it would be a, a blacked out billboard or maybe a, a olive drab athletic cut T-shirt that simply said "Come as you are." Um, one of the biggest one of the biggest personal battles, and if I may expand on that one of the biggest personal battles I I have faced, especially in my my walk with with God and and in spreading Christianity in a society that uh, really would rather not have any type of of biblical guide. Um, The thing that inspired me to realize I had it in me already was Shana's father, my preacher, uh, who brought me back to the church. The very first sermon that I ever heard Uh, after not going to church for close to a decade, was a sermon that he had produced to stimulate energy within the congregation and get us to recruit more people, to bring people to church, however they were, however they were dressed, whatever their background, get them through the doors, and then we'll get them past the altar. And uh, it's something to this day, it's still... uh, it, it. when i think of that moment it tunes me into the spirit right then and it and it gets me elevated in a way that no workout ever could and so i i always see that word that that's phrase in my mind come as you are because uh, i believe that's what christianity is about i believe that's what jesus was about when he had his time on earth and uh that's really what our goal with righteousness all about is grabbing everybody we can and instilling in them the discipline to get past the altar and, and, and be able to help people carry their crosses and, and you know, their uh, symbolic crosses, excuse me, uh, past the altar because you're going to need the will. Yeah.
0: Well, thankfully, he does take us as we are because uh, it would be difficult for any of us to try to earn that right. And uh, Absolutely. lastly, how can people find you?
1: All right, so right now uh, the ministry is is all web-based through Facebook at uh, Righteous Developments, so facebook.com forward slash Righteous Developments with an S. Uh, Instagram right now is actually still my personal Instagram, which we're transitioning over to the business page, but that is fitverb, F I T V as in Victor, E-R, B as in Bravo, uh, on Instagram, and the website, which is in development, is righteousdevelopments.org, and that will be live uh, within the next few weeks.
0: Well, Craig, it's been great talking to you and visiting with you and catching up and reliving old stories and hearing your story and, and the ups and downs that you've gone through that can help people that are going through their own ups and downs. So I really appreciate you being here um, and look forward to seeing what you end up doing in the next year or two.
1: Thank you, Coach, and on behalf of myself and uh, my wife and, and those other individuals that have uh, been along this path with me with Righteous Developments and, and that network uh, that we've developed, uh, it's, it's all because of, of them, and it's all in God's glory. So thank you, Coach, for reaching back out, and I want to thank everybody else as well that's been a part of this journey so far. And uh, if anybody needs anything, whether it be her prayer to coaching, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Coach, thank you so much, man. Uh uh, it's really humbling experience to be back in
0: each other's lives. Thanks again for joining us for the Fitness and Faith podcast. Please be sure to check out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org dot org, where you will find valuable tools and information like our blog exertion video links links to healthy recipes and more all designed to help you find your fit use the contact page to send us your fitness and faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great fitness and faith interview please visit the partnering page to see how you can become more involved with fitness and faith ministries and remember it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith